0: This is just like home today, you know. I just lay back and you know I was trying to get bulletins together and point. I just and I, I'll tell you what God told me to do this morning here in a few minutes, but uh, but it's just like all we're gathering together on a snow day around the kitchen table and we're going. I'll tell you where we're headed with it, but anyway, come here, Tom. Tom's got something he wants to share too. Maybe next week. It's too early. Yet.
1: Too early. Yeah, too early. I don't know the answer. I mean, I don't know yet. Um, Forget it. (laughs) Cut it off. Cut it off. It's yeah, it's potentially really good. Anyway, um, I'll let you know in the near future. But what I will let you know now is that, as you know, we've been trying to. You know, we're working about acquiring the Adventure World building, right? And uh, I think the last time I talked about this, uh, there had. Um, we had put in an offer. What was it? What, what did everybody remember? That we had an offer in for eight hundred or something like that. Well, another another local, somebody local, which we don't know who it is, has put in an offer for would, for eight sixty. And uh, we went, oh wow, <laughs> at first. And then you know, Rick and I got on the phone with the banker this past week, Tuesday I think it was, and uh, and we counter offered at. 875 so that's where we're at right now and they're still doing a an appraisal on the building uh, they're gonna have an appraisal done by this uh, what days today 1563 days right Wednesday Wednesday um, we will know because we don't know if this other guy's gonna counter offer but one of the things that Rick suggested to the banker is that if this other person who offered 860 um, might be interested in our building because if he's really interested in uh, of commercial property that's on 460 as opposed to set back, it could be that that's what he might really be interested in. And that's kind of what we're hoping for and maybe that what you could pray about. Um, uh, the other, you know, possibility, you know, too, is that there is another church that is interested, potentially interested in our building. So, you know, there's things happening and just be praying about that because, you know, 875 is a lot of money. <laughs> And the church can't, you know, it's obviously families are going to be, you know, supporting that and doing that right now because the church can't, you know, we don't have the ability to do that at this time. So uh, anyway, that's where we're at. I just wanted to give you a heads up and we should know more this week about where we're at, whether we have, you know, we're going to have a building or, you know, whether he accepts our offer or whether it's been another counter offer or what, we don't know. But I mean, we'll find out this week. So please be praying about that.
0: They crazy. Yeah. Um, we've been starting this series on the kingdom of God, and we went two, two, uh, two sections into it. And uh, and so before I tell you about these two sections we have done, let me just tell you what I feel like God just told me to do today. He just uh, really just to open it up. Just because the two two subjects we have covered in the both two times were big. In fact, Pat Johnson said to me after last week, he said, dude, Rick, when are you going to unpack that, man? I said, You you can't do that in a Sunday morning. But it's just so big and so question. So this morning, I'll be honest with you all, I just really feel like God said we're to interact together as family. Stir up the questions. Interact with questions within this sphere, okay? We don't need to ask questions like where did God come from or where did the devil come from or something like that today. There are times for those questions. But, uh, you know, questions in relationship to the kingdom of God and relationship to the two subjects. So I'd, I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to review real quick, and then we'll just jump into it, okay? Because it's in this time where we're family, where we can just really get into it. Um, and I will say this, you pray that the wisdom of the Lord be on me, because you don't need uh, opinions, you need the Word of God, and that's what's got to come forth, only the Word of God, and uh, in relation to these times. So, uh, um, So, anyway. Let's pray. So, Father, I'm just just being obedient to you. And, Lord, uh, just many times as in your word, just, or Lord, Lord, just you, Jesus, when you walked on this earth, just hanging out with the disciples, and, Lord, just uh, interacting together, some of the greatest truths came forth. And, Lord, we're just believing today, Lord, that the solidifying and interacting together, Lord, that we can just... uh, Massage the truths and the things and the revelations that you, Lord, have been speaking. Lord, that greater understanding may come forth for all of us, especially even me, Lord. So, Lord, uh, we, just, uh, we just agree together, Lord. We just have fun together just discovering you and your greatness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. It's everything. It really is. everything. This book is about, is in relationship to the kingdom of God. Which, uh, like it talks about in Psalm, I mean, not Psalm, Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus said, which the kingdom, which has been prepared for us before the foundations of the world. Everything that happens in the world, both physically and the spiritual realm, is in relationship to government and kingdom. That's the reality of it. You know, when it starts talking about, I mean, let's back up, about, about governments. It's all the interactions of how government the, you know, flows and operates. And then in the spiritual realm, you say the same thing occurring, uh, like on the, on the side of the darkness, where it talks about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? But against rulers, against, uh, um, against rulers and authorities, against world forces of this darkness and spiritual wickedness and the heavenlies. What is that? That's, that's government. That's a, that's a realm. That's a kingdom. And so what we have is the kingdom of God, and we have the realm of the darkness, the authority of darkness. And one place is referred to as a kingdom, but most part it's just talked about as an authority. And so you've got these authorities, and so what God has just really put it on our heart is to understand the government of God, how it flows, how he flows and how he operates. And that's really where we believe that some of the the greatest things happen is understanding the government of God. When you look in the Word of God, Jesus, that's all he preached was the kingdom. And then when you see the disciples, when you read through the book of uh, Acts, and it summarizes up the preaching that they did, it it was all about the kingdom, the kingdom. And so when I started seeing this, like you heard me say before, I'm going, okay, kingdom, what is it? And so... And so to understand the government of God, so we, so we delved into it two weeks ago, and as we looked in what we saw as in the Word of God, when you start seeing the kingdom of God, it breaks down into four different facets of the kingdom. It's like looking at a cereal box, only <laughs> far greater or bigger, but different things on each side. First thing that we introduced was the kingdom of God is God's country. It's heaven. The New Jerusalem is the capital of it. Um, Jerusalem, Israel, in, you know, in the Spirit. You know, because, you know, you see this reference where Jesus says to the apostles, you know, in the regeneration, you shall stand with me, judging and ruling the 12 tribes of Israel. What? So everything. So you get this government of God in heaven, so it is functioning now. It's very well functioning now, ruling everything in the spirit, which has an effect in the physical second thing we said with the kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. You've got to have a kingdom, you've got to have a king, and the king has to do what? Rule. And so we've got his country, his rule and reign. The third thing is, is how the kingdom functions, the characteristics of the kingdom, the life of the kingdom. It's, it's, that's why John the Baptist, or Jesus, when he burst on his sing, he says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why is he saying repent? Because why? Repent means what? Another mind, another way of thinking, because here's a kingdom coming that you have to think totally different. Totally different. You know, like, for example, totally different in authority. Like authority in the the realm of, in this world, those who have authority exercise it over it. Genesis, uh, Matthew chapter 20 verse 25. So if you have authority, you exert over. Uh, and Jesus says this, it's not so among you. He, he talks about whoever's got the authority does what? Serves. So it's opposite. The kingdom of heaven functions different than the realm of this world. So and so that's one of the things that we're just really discovering. Okay, how does this, how does the life of the kingdom, and we'll, we'll be getting in that at some point in time. And the, the fourth facet of the kingdom that we introduced was it's the king, him. It's him. Lest we forget, it's not about political parties. In fact, there's only one political party in this. There's no lobbying in this because he is it. Now, you can ask, you know, we can come as sons and daughters, but. But the reality is it's just Him. And that's why everything about God is always relational. always ends up in relationship. So these four facets, when we think kingdom, we're thinking God's country. We're thinking God's rule reign. We're talking about the lifestyle of the kingdom. And the fourth facet we're talking about is is we're talking about Him. Then last week, God broke the order because what we were started into, we were going to talk about heaven, the rule and reign of God, and, and then we were going to, at some point in time, we are going to talk about how to function in it, and then we were going to talk about him as a corresponds in the kingdom. But God made me go last week into laying the foundations in relationship to the rule and reign of God. The sovereignty of God. The sovereign God, which is packed with religious bombs. All in it interwoven statements, God is in control, whatever, you know, you know, God's in control, just, you know, I just heard that statement so much coming up, you see something tragic, God's in control, God, God willed that, you know, heard a joke one time, sort of not a joke, but, you know, uh, talking about a guy going down some steps, and all of a sudden he tripped, and he rolls all the way down the steps, and when he gets to the bottom, he goes, I'm glad that's over with, why, because he was predestined to fall down those steps, that's a theology, God predestined it. God predestined people to hell. God, this, that, you know, whatever, sickness and disease around. Well, that's God's will. God's trying to teach you something. I'm going, that's sick, that's sick. And then when we started looking at the word of God, and we're going, how does God rule and reign? How does the sovereign God function? The sovereign God, all powerful and everything, he creates everything and established everything with purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. Everything. It's got a purpose, time, boundaries to function, and authority to function in the previous three things. Step question number, not question, statement number two that establishes and that flows off the first statement is the sovereign God allows and also uh, gives us the freedom to function freely in purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. The freedom to choose. Freedom to exercise our authority. Freedom. So you got the freedom to choose life, but you can also have the freedom to choose what? Death. You can, if you have freedom to fulfill a destiny, then you also have a freedom to what? Violate a destiny. Just like we spoke, the foundational one is God's will for all men to be saved. But is everyone going to be saved? No. We know that Jesus says in Matthew 7, broad is the way and many therefore goes that goes to destruction. And we, so we know that, that people violate destinies and purposes. And we know that in our world today because as you, you pick up the news, you pick up, I could pick up my cell phone right now and just flip it on to CNN News. And we're seeing You read the news, and you're seeing murder, death, and destruction. Let me tell you something. You go, well, either God's in control, and that's sick, and I don't want to have nothing to do with that God, or God has given that authority, and he says, that's the third statement that comes up. The sovereign God then will judge in order that he may recompense how purpose, time, authority, and boundaries have been utilized. Recompense. The main one on that is the reward. God gives an authority, you know, gives a a purpose, authority and a purpose, uh, like a purpose of, of, of eternal life, and then he gives the authority to choose, authority of our own will. When a person exercises that authority to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, guess what? They're rewarded with what? Eternal life. But it doesn't, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there at all. Because our purpose is not, uh, you know, in fact, we could stop here about this purpose, and I probably should. We will at some point in time. Because you realize that you have two purposes. You have a purpose in this age, but that's not your purpose. This age is not your purpose. Your true purpose is in the age to come. That is your true purpose. Jesus' true purpose was not to die on a cross. Jesus' true purpose is to have a name above every other name. The cross was just the seed in order to receive the what? The name. And so everything in our lives, y'all, in this age is nothing but a seed. Everything. How are we going to spend it? How are we going to invest it? And so God judges how we invested. Read the parable on the talent. Read the parable on the pound. For we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give account for the things we've done in our body, whether they be good or bad. To reward. That's God's heart. In fact, you read 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. God's desire is that you and I have, can have confidence on the day of judgment. That's the exact statement. Because why? Fulfill a destiny. And that's where you, God's heart, ah, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the what? Joy, the joy of the Lord. So, God's sovereign God established and creates everything with purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. The sovereign God allows us the freedom. To fulfill purpose, time, boundaries, or authority, freedom to fulfill or violate purpose, time, boundaries, or authority. Third thing, the sovereign God is judges how purpose, time, boundaries, and authority are used, in, or, I mean, judges to recompense how purpose, times, authority are used. Fourth thing is, the, which is really exciting to me, is the sovereign God seeks to redeem violations of purpose, time, boundaries, and authority in this age.
2: Because guess
0: what? Every one of us, our purposes have to be redeemed. <laughs> our time has to be redeemed. Our, everything about us has to be redeemed. And God says, ah, "Bro, there's not the weight's not on you, the weight's on me to empower you to fulfill it. Just, just rest in me. And you'll fulfill it. So anyway, Those were the four things that we spoke last night, last night, last week, last week. And so, uh, you know, with those foundations, I'd really just love to just go, okay, y'all, let's just get into it, because you think of so much in this stuff, like uh, every every one of those four statements I just made is pregnant with just massive amounts of information, And, like Pat said to me last week, he said, Rick, you just try to destroy everything I once believed. You know, just by saying that. Well, it's God's will. God's will. Is it? Is it? And so, you know, anyway. Anyway, so anybody want to go first? Here's your opportunity. Could you give some
1: uh, explanation of how uh, the binding and loosing principle that is given to us relates to
0: the kingdom of God? Dude, you just... <laughs> oh, all right. You don't have to big you know? All right. Yeah. That's a good one, yeah. Go to go to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter three. Psalms, Proverbs Song Psalm of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. It's God's will, all men to be saved. How do we know that? How do we know that? Okay, the word says that, but what specifically about that is it God's, do we know that that's God's will for every man to be saved? Do what? Yeah, Revelations chapter 17 verse 5 tells us that our names were written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundations of the world. We see in Revelations 3, 5, names are not written in, rings are what? Blotted out. In fact, there's only one name that's, you've heard me say this before, in that 17.8, that one name that was not written in the book of life, and that's the Antichrist. That's how you know who the Antichrist is. So if you could go right now into heaven, open the book of life, and go through the lanes of every person that's ever existed or will exist, and you'll go, oh hey, God, whose name's not in here? That'll tell you who the Antichrist is, because that's what it says in that Verse. All those who dwell on the earth will wonder whose name, it's singular, has not been written in the book of life from the foundations of the world. 13. 13. Well, there's 13.8 and 17.8. Both of them. 13.8 talks about Jesus being uh, crucified from the foundations of the world. And uh, so anyway, oh, I'm in Song of Solomon. So get this. So God purposes everything before the foundations of the world. Now Lou's question was, what does binding and loosening have to do with the kingdom of God? Okay? Let me get to Ecclesiastes. Okay. Now watch this. Now sorry, y'all, this is crazy, but this is, this is, y'all, y'all remember this? Maybe not. Ugh, you got to be my age, but there was a TV show that I hardly ever watched, but it was kind of weird, called The Twilight Zone, and it was all about was weird things happening. Yeah. Well, I'm going to read you a Twilight Zone statement. <laughs> Watch this. Uh, uh, verse 14. I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it. There is nothing to take away from it. For God has so worked that men should fear him. That which is has already been, and that which, already, that which will be, has already been, for God seeks what has passed by. Now, here's a crazy thing to think about. God seeks which has, which has already passed by. That which is, has already been. That which will be, has already been. What is that? See, interesting thing. Revelation 7, 13, 8 tells us that Jesus was crucified Before the foundations of the world. But but when he burst on the scene, guess what? He burst on the scene. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us. Then all of a sudden, he comes to that place in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says what? Not my what? Will, but yours what? In other words, he surrenders into the reality of something that has already passed by and brings it into the reality of that which is occurring now on the earth. Passed by in heaven and is now occurring on the earth. Let me say that right. Has already passed by in heaven and Jesus came in agreement with here on earth. Your names were written in the book of life before the foundations of the world. The question is, are you going to come in agreement with here on the earth? It's written in heaven, but what? Let it be what? Here on what is the Lord's prayer? Thy will what be done what? As it is in heaven. And so the reality is, get that statement right here, y'all. If we can ever get uh, man, when I was reading this, all of a sudden the Lord was saying, you better you better pay attention to this. I know verse fourteen. I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it. There's nothing to take from it. For God is so worked that men should fear him. Oh, 314, yeah. In other words, um, everything that God's called us to walk in, he's already done. He's already done it in the spirit, in heaven. He's just asking us to allow that which is fulfilled in the heaven to become to this earth. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. So what Lou's statement is, is what does binding and loosening have to do with the kingdom of heaven? Matthew chapter 16, verse 20, I believe it is, Jesus says, Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you shall bind on earth, it shall be having already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, it shall be having already been loosed in heaven. That's literally how it reads in the Greek. In other words, y'all, the keys to the kingdom of heaven is taking the things that God has Bound and loose in heaven and bringing them here to the earth. That's, that's sort of what, what I was saying. The sovereign God is, is, is you know, purposed, I mean, in, I mean, sorry, has established everything with purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. Remember that? He's given it. Well, you and I have been given the authority to, here on the earth to take that which God has established in the heaven and bring it here. My name was written in the book of life from the foundations of the world. I have the authority over my will, and I said, "Jesus, you be Lord of my life." God had already purposed it; is free. Y'all, that salvation—I didn't have to work for it. Who did? Jesus. You know that's how you can tell when God's doing a thing. Y'all, it feels free. Now, there may be external circumstances opposing you, the powers of darkness trying to oppose you, but inside it's free. When you step into something, you're going, wow, that's free. It's free. So, what you're doing, what Lou's statement is, and literally, let me quote it in Greek. The Greek, there are three verbs in that statement, back to back in that Matthew 16 passage. Whatever you shall bind, you bear the choice. Whatever you shall bind, it will be future tense verb, future tense. Having already been bound and loosed in heaven, it's already been bound. Here it is. What are you binding? The will of God. Loosening. What are you loosening? The works of the devil. Remember the John, First John chapter three eight passage. It says. Uh, where it says Jesus came, it says in English, it says he came to destroy the works of the devil. That Greek word is the Greek word lua, which literally means loosen. Only place in the New Testament that word is used in relationship to destroy. Every other place it means to loosen. So you bind the will of God, you loosen the works of the devil. So that is are the keys of the kingdom of heaven. To find the will of God, bind it to a circumstance, our, bind it to our lives, a circumstance or situation, or loosen the works of the devil by there's certain tools that God has given us in that. So we will go into that more in detail at a later date. Um, uh, but that's, that is a huge statement. There's a lot behind what I just said. Let me just say this. You can't just pick and choose whatever you want to bind and loose. I will say that. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37, who is it that speaks and it comes to pass unless God has commanded it? Like I'm going to go, well, I bind God's will to me that I have a Mercedes Benz. Well, the question is, is it written in heaven? Is that God's heart for me? I God's heart is that I, you know, that... He richly supplies us with all things to enjoy, but, you know, I just can't pick and choose binding and loosing. That's why you want to hear the heart of God and bind what he has bound and loosen what he has loosened. So, great hardcore question, much more to deal with at a later date. Don't ask me any more about that one, (laughs) because that's, that's, we got to go to that at a later date. Anyway, any other questions or
3: thoughts, please? Ted. The Lord's Prayer talks about bringing about what is in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. At what point did those two split? At what point specifically were those two not the same? Or, Or were they at one point the same and then they became not the same?
0: At what point would the kingdom of God and the will of God split, correct? I don't know that for sure, but if you, uh, if you pushed me and stuck a gun in my head and said you got to answer it, I would say in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, that's to. Sin creates what? Wages of sin causes what? Death means to what? That's what I would say. Because the will of God is for everyone to be saved. I, I believe it was the will of God for Adam to die for Eve. He was the first Adam. I believe that's what he was. Every sin must have an equal and just recompense. It talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first Adam and the second Adam. The the second Adam died for his bride, us. The first Adam wimped out. Die for? (laughs) What? It could have been over with right there, y'all. It could have went over with right there. Eve ate the fruit. Okay, she ate the fruit. Big whoop. Relationship got screwed, you know. Religion won out, you know. That's what the tree of knowledge of good and evil was. Religion. But Adam right there, he could have said, I love you and I love God. Every sin must have an equal and just recompense. Wages of sin is what? I die for you, my bride. And if he would have died, God would have done what he did to the first one, right? Second one, raise him from the dead. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is about. First Adam, second Adam. So I think it was in the Garden of Eden and there was the opportunity in relationship to what you just said. The will of God in the kingdom, God could have was divided there but also could have been redeemed at that point in time, so... Jim no no you can't answer If you answer it, you got if you ask it, you got to answer it.
4: Just the question <laughs> What about the sin that occurred when uh there was rebellion in heaven as in regards to this question I, I
0: that's a good question Um we see in go to uh what about the sin in heaven of, of Satan? A rebellion in heaven. In Ezekiel chapter, um, let me just wait a minute, let me make sure. Isaiah 28, either Isaiah 28. Yeah, it's Ezekiel. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. My mind sometimes freezes up. What happened was, what Jim is asking about, yeah, it's in Ezekiel 28. You know, the Word of God in the Old Testament is about types. And so think about what I just said. Think about I said. God, the sovereign God, created everything... Well, purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. Purpose, time, boundaries. That's big. And authority. The sovereign God allows us with the freedom to fulfill or violate purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. Everything, both human and and spiritual beings. The Old Testament's a type. And so when all of a sudden you start seeing a type, you can see description of it. You know what it's talking about. And Notice this in Ezekiel 28, verse 12. It starts talking about take up a lamentation against the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord. Okay, king of Tyre. What's he a type of? Listen to what it says. You had a seal of perfection. There's nobody that was born without sin. For all have what? Sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But he's, whoever this is, or whatever this is, has a seal of perfection. And what I believe is, let me just tell you what I believe, this is the description of Lucifer, the uh, archangel of Jesus, the third, uh, the third facet of the Trinity, or however you number it. So you had a seal of perfection full of wisdom, perfect, in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Precious stones was your covering, the ruby and topaz, the diamond, beryl and onyx of the jasper. Okay, now here's what's crucial. Everything has to flow authority. Who had authority over the earth? Adam did. Psalm 115, verse 16, I believe it says. It says, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. Genesis 1, 26 through 28, God says to man and woman, he says, I give you, you know, uh, literally the paraphrase, over over authority, over all the earth. You read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, and even in that place, rulers and authorities were under, were created by God, and there's the, the circumstantial evidence that they were under Adam. So Adam had authority both on the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Because we know in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we will judge angels. That's a restoration of what was already been. And so so literally the authority to affect the spiritual realm, I mean to affect all of creation was not on Satan but on who? Man, Adam on Adam and Eve but so when God created Adam and Eve we see here that Lucifer the third the archangel is he's catting around in the in the garden of Eden he's there he has not fallen yet so he falls at some point in time after creation after man is in the garden Lucifer, we see this where it goes on. It says, every precious stone was your covering, ruby and topaz, beryl, onyx. You know, it lists all these stones, golden workmanship. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were, get this, y'all, you were the anointed cherub who covers, I placed you there on the holy mountain of God. Y'all, that ain't no, that's, that ain't no man. That is Lucifer.
1: I mean, you're right. God gave man the authority, and I think what happened was Lucifer became jealous because he recognized that the angel's authority was limited. And when Lucifer saw that man's authority to govern the earth was unlimited, God gave him complete and absolute authority to, over the earth. I think Lucifer became jealous and therefore looked for an opportunity to cause Adam and Eve to sin so that he could
0: usurp that authority. I think, I think it was like Tom said. you got these powerful spiritual beings that are powerful, but authority drives everything. Authority drives everything. And so I just believe when, that, when, when Lucifer's catting around, all of a sudden one of the things he's, I raise myself up against most of God, he's going, who are these wimpy human beings? They're telling me what to do. And that's that, Tom, in Isaiah 14, you see the same thing where it says, how you have fallen, verse 12, you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, sun of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will rise my throne above the stars of heaven. I will sit on the mountain of the assembly of God in the recesses of the earth. I will ascend above the house. I will make myself like the most high. Now, let me just summarize this. Lucifer fell. You have creation. Garden of Eden established. Man's created. Adam and Eve's created. They're functioning, ruling over the earth, and uh, both physically and in the spirit, because God don't create sin. Lucifer tempted man, and we know man, Lucifer fell before man fell, but Lucifer, all he did was just led angels. They don't have the authority over everything. All they can do is just be sentenced to hell, Matthew 25, 41. Hell prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, when Lucifer tempts man, there's where you destroy the will of God. Not destroy. Well, the will of God for man gets destroyed. Separate it out. Separate it out. And so all of a sudden, God's will is for every man to be saved. Guess what? There's the reality that people have sinned. And, far, and so all of a sudden they exercise that authority. God, we don't want you. We want our ways. And so all of a sudden, the violation of God's created beings who were destined to be what, y'all? Our destiny, two things are huge. One, our destiny It was to bear the image and likeness of who? Romans 8, 29. You have been predestined to be conformed to the image of his beloved son. Y'all, that ain't a destiny on Satan. Your destiny, according to um, Romans 4, verse 13, is to inherit the earth. That's not to a created angelic being. That is to the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. So, Jim... I, my conviction is the authority that where Satan, sin just did not have the authority to distort everything. Adam and Eve's sin would do that. Split everything, because the will of God and the heart of God was all about us. It's all about us. It's love. Us. Great questions, dude. I wasn't prepared for this.
2: God created everything, and he said, it is good. So it was beautiful and right and lovely. Where do all these negatives come from in the world? Did Lucifer have anything to do about that?
0: I think uh, Lucifer uncovered what Adam and Eve had taken their authority to do, and he uncovered it. He tempted, tempt. He's called the tempter. What does tempt mean? What's it mean? Do what? Pass through. Temptation is a door. All Satan did was provide the door once he fell. Now, God created it good, but anytime you create something with freedom and you create it with a freedom to bless, judicially, there has to be the freedom to what? To what? The, yeah, to violate it. So, so what all Satan did was uncover what was in man's heart. Because what did God tell Adam and Eve to do? Two things. Eat freely from any tree in the garden. Freely eat. But then he says, what? Then he warns them. He says, don't eat of what? The tree of the what? What did we say the tree of the knowledge and good and evil was? Religion. It's the form of God without relationship with God. You, woman looked at it. Oh, you could be blessed. You could be wise. All of that. It says it's good for food. God says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, the tree of life was the Lord. And so what happened was God said, don't eat of this just don't go to religion just come to me eat of any tree that, don't be, let it be about knowing what to do and what not to do y'all that's religion when we preach sermons all about and we and we make the christian life all about what to do and what not to do you know you know you realize how many questions there are in the word of god that god, I go god just say it plainly say it plainly would you just say it? what do you just say it plainly god But why does he not do that? Because we would make it all about the do's and don'ts. When when religion, when when Christianity becomes more about do's and don'ts than it does about intimate relationship with God and one another, it's violated. How do we know Adam and Eve went there? Remember what God told Adam? God told Adam. God told Adam, not Eve, God told Adam, don't eat of the tree lest you what? You just separate it from my heart. You separate from me. Don't go to religion. You go to, you, watch us. If I start get worried about do's and don'ts in here, I start teaching. You'll feel the whole service go to, But then, so God spoke to Adam. What is the one thing, y'all, in all of creation that renders the word of God none effect? No demon can stop the word of God. Tradition of man. Jesus said that in Mark 7:14. Tradition of man. God says to Adam, Don't eat of the tree lest you die. All of a sudden, Satan comes to Eve. Eve, that's interesting. He comes to Eve and God is not, you know, he he baits her in relationship to the tree and guess what comes out of her mouth? Religion. God has said that we're not to eat or touch it. God didn't say that. God didn't say that. Who said that to her? Who's the only one that could say that to her? Adam. Tradition. So what had happened is, I guarantee you this, if time would have went on, Adam and Eve would have done this. Okay, God said, don't touch it. I mean, God said, don't eat it. Don't touch it. Okay, we won't touch it. God said, don't get within 50 feet of it. Thou shalt not look at it. So we'll walk around backwards when we get around the tree. Because if I look at that tree, I'll lust after it, and maybe I want its fruit. Instead of just eating from the trees who God gives you, we get worried about what's not. And so I believe what happened was, is it's like this. Can a perfect gasoline engine fail? Yeah, how? Don't use the right fuel. You use the right fuel. You have a gas engine perfect and put diesel fuel in it. You take... You take a created being that's created for intimacy and relationship and you give them religion and guess what they'll do? What will they do? Die. So all Lucifer did was provide a doorway in relationship to authority and he didn't didn't cause it. All he did was just open the, put a doorway there for Adam and Eve to step in that which they had already stepped into was the fruit of relationship. Uh, I mean religion, to start to eat of religion. So that's my conviction, what happened there. It was good. But God, let me just say this to you. Uh, God cannot create you with the freedom to choose to love him. Now, y'all, everything about the kingdom is all about love. In fact, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, God, all that God has prepared for those who Love him. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. Um, James 1.13, the crown of life prepared for those who love him. Everything's about loving him. But y'all, I could not have done this to Paula, okay? I saw her walking across the cabin. I'm going, mm-hmm. I think I, I like that. I'm going to marry that. So I go kidnap her. And I go put her in a closet and I allow it, from that point in time the only person she sees is me. Would she fall in love with me? Mm. When I start telling her what she's going to do she ain't going to do it. <laughs> now she fell in love with me out of what? Relationship. Relationship. Out of the choice in her heart of love that was the free, god created it good but to create the freedom to make the choice and adam and eve chose to go religion rather than relationship so great questions dude you know, questions are crazy yeah anyway, ben you
4: come here you're younger than me bro I don't know if it's one question per se, Um, but I was just thinking about the. um, We talked about, or you talked about how man tends to. Like you were talking about the tree, you know, and if Adam would tend to, you know, make rules, well, we can't look at it or, you know, add stuff to it. And. I just started thinking about, well, you know, like what this lady over here said about God created everything good. And I was just thinking about all the tendencies that humans have to do things. Is there like, that that are usually bad, but it's, you know, seem to be in everybody. Is there like, are those things the flip side of something good, or are they actually good things that are... Used the wrong way, I don't. Know, maybe that's the same thing. But yeah, I mean, what what exactly is the tendency, human tendencies that we have? Are they they are good or bad in relation to, I mean, I guess the kingdom of God, as we're talking about it. And I have another question,
0: Alithia? uh this thing is about oh never mind it's got him. Um, I think uh, what, what happens is we take that which is good and it gets distorted. Sex is a very good thing. It gets what? Distorted. The most powerful thing that gets distorted in human beings is, in fact, it is the most powerful thing on the face of this earth right now, and it is the very foundational principle in the kingdom of God, which is what? Huh? Love. Because God is love. The king is love. So get this. You know, I love Paula. This would not ever happen. But I, if you've heard me do this before, but let me just go again. If I swung with all my might, there's I know Paula could not just stick up her hand. I would never hit her. so, But she could not just stop my hand. It's powerful. You know, she couldn't just do that. But what she could do is, is if I swang with all of my might, she could wax on. What would you do? Whack. See, just take and divert my force off. Well, the most powerful force is love in the New Testament. Oh, in the, all the word of God. You know, love God. Love one another, even as I have loved you. In fact, that's it. So love. So why do you see it in the New Testament? why well, you see this. Paul makes a statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 6, I'm sorry, 614. He says, You're not restrained by us, you're restrained by your own affections. In in Psalms, it says, How long will you love what is worthless? And that's why in the New Testament you see love of money, love of the world, love of pleasure, love of self. Those who are without love. So all the New Testament is a distortion of what? Love. In fact, that is all it is. Look at like uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, I think it is, or 2 Timothy, about these distortions of love. The love of the world. If the love of the world, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. I can't love Paul and another woman you'll serve, you know, serve two masters. So my conviction has been what happens is a distortion of which God has given us and we take it and use it in a distorted manner. Okay,
4: now what's the second question? Huh? I mean, in some ways, sometimes the difference between something that's distorted and the real thing is obvious, but sometimes it's not as obvious as it could seem, how do you, know? so, so, so do you know? What's the difference, or how do you know the difference between when something is distorted and when it's not? Yeah, that's general? that's a good one. How do you know?
0: Ben, you know that answer. How do you know? Proof. This is the word, as Ben was talking, this is what God says. Everything I do, is, do comes in complete packages. So somebody says they have love. What's present? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, self-control. So it comes in a complete package. Like, some, you heard me say this before. This is real story. guy comes to me and says, God has called me uh, to uh, divorce my wife and marry my secretary. I've got a piece about it. Well, wait a minute. That's not in line. Yeah, what piece is that? That's not in line with this. Or a couple, the couple that came to me and said, God said to me, God said to us to marry, our, get married right now. And I said, uh, what did your parents say about it? They want us to wait. And I'm going, well, wh- what do you feel about that? And they said, no, we just believe we need to do it right now. Well, sorry, that's not God. You're not in love, you're in lust. They got real mad at me. He said, how can you say that? Well, it says, love, joy, peace, Patience. When there's patience, like uh, who was the dude that lasted seven years, waited seven years, 14 years? Jacob. Seven years, 14 years, he waited. Dude, that's a long time to wait for a a woman. That's love. So what God's saying is, how can you tell, is two things. One is, it's of the spirit. It's going to be in line with the spirit of the word. And the second thing, it'll be in line with the fruit of the spirit. That's how you test the word and the spirit, spirit of truth and word, of, which is truth. So, any other questions? you catch something on that? Well, I
1: was just going to say, he actually got her a week later. He just had to work for
0: 14 years. Got a week.
1: Jacob, he got her a week later.
0: That's true. That's true. 14 he had, years. He had
1: to work. Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'll look that up.
4: are <laughs> you making me walk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um you were talking about repenting at the beginning and it um becoming in you know, involved in the kingdom of God involves repentance and of course we know that anybody who's not been born again, everything that you're talking about is just going to seem totally foreign and just not make sense at all. And I mean, um, so what, what kind of keys and or principles are there to, to reach somebody who not only disagrees with you, but like has like a totally different set of way of, you know, seeing things they need to repent, but they don't know it or they, you know.
0: So how do you share the gospel with someone who does that we know doesn't agree with what what we would agree with? What how do you know that? Let me ask you a question. So God made what? Everybody. So God created everybody with purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. So they got authority to choose. One of the very crucial foundational principles that God created everybody was purpose. Interwoven all of that is God created every human being with purpose for relationship. And to function in relationship, what has to be the foundational principle is love. And God created everything also with purpose of relationship in the garden. God created everything to enjoy. I mean, you look at it, the Garden, Garden of Eden. Eden means what? Eden means what, y'all? Anybody know? Pleasure or delight. So, y'all, so how can I, what, when I, how's the way do I speak somebody, y'all? Is it telling them that, like, that what you're doing is a sin? No. I think Romans 2, 4 says something like, what? It's the goodness of God that, what? Leads people to repentance. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. See, God didn't, religion ask people up front to give. But God don't ask up front for us to give. God does what? Gives. He gave everything. So he gave everything. And so it's a demonstration of that love, Ben. And my conviction is it's the goodness of God it's the love of God that opens hearts. My conviction is that people don't care what you know until they know you care. Like I told Allison, Allison, where's Allison? Where's Allison? Allison Keys, yeah. She didn't, she didn't. Yeah, I told Allison a few minutes ago, I was just excited. I came up to her and was excited about their getting ready to go to Croatia. And, you know, and I just really believe they're going to see great things and stuff like that. And I just said one thing to her, just love. Just love, which I know Allison will. And I, those people's hearts. And i I'd be honest with you, Ben, that's when in doubt, not cast it out. When in doubt, <laughs> love. And I, that's, that's it. That's it. To me, that's it. One more question. Maui. Awake, huh, Barbie? i have to look that up.
2: Um, I hadn't really ever thought about this question Too, you were talking about the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Um, I'm just sitting here going, why did he put that tree in the garden if he didn't want them to eat from it? He could have just said, I am the knowledge, and I am the good, and I am the this. It, I mean, like if you put a kid out on the floor and said, well, here's four toys, and... But don't touch this toy over here. You know how you always talk about if you tell somebody not to do something, you know, like don't eat the chocolate cake. Well, what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to eat the chocolate cake. I mean, haven't you said that before? Like don't tell them what not to do, but tell them what to do. So I was just reading that, that um, he commanded him, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it, it will sure, you will surely die. So I was just curious, is there some aspect of him just even then wanting them to choose him, like that? if it was just all good and there was no opportunity for them to sin in the Garden of Eden, would it have sort of like not meant that they had chosen him? Like, why? I'm just wondering why did he put that tree there?
0: just the condition of eating is dying. I'm sorry. The command is not in the tree, not eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The command is to eat. Read it.
2: Um, The Lord God commanded the man saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it you will surely die.
0: It's just a, To me, the way I read the Hebrew, I broke that down. The way I read it was, the command is to the tree, to eat. The command is not in relationship to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The command is to eat freely. Eat freely. You're created. To eat freely. Live. But if you eat of this tree, you will what? Surely die. And I'll be honest with you. Now, this is a statement. I don't know. I'm going to say this, and y'all may kick me out. I don't know if there was a tree. I don't know. It probably was. I don't know. But but it was an attitude of the heart. When they start worrying about do's and don'ts, the knowledge of what? Good and evil. I mean, just really think about it. It's the knowledge of good and evil. Is knowledge of good and evil bad? No, God says, man, after they fell in Genesis 3, God said, they become like us, knowing good from evil. But to know good from evil from apart from relationship is sick. It's death. That's death. So Molly, the way I've understood that passage is the command was, was in relationship to eating and not was just a condition. Here's this tree don't go there. It's not life. You die. And so that's, I think it was a condition. You know, just a statement of condition.
3: You were asking why would God put the tree there in the first place. If I ask my wife to marry me, it's a question. Uh, if I say, you will marry me, then even if she does marry me, I didn't give her a choice. You know, I, didn't, I didn't give her an opportunity to, to say no. You know, so it's kind of like, for me, the tree was, do we love God? And he gives everybody that choice. And it's kind of like, if we really love him, we're free to choose. That's how he knows we love him.
0: Yeah, it's just a choice to love. Uh, Burby's question, that was a prophetic week. That's seven years. That's what that got me. So anyway, Anyway, that's Burby now, sorry. I mean, I guess summarizing... Dude, those are great questions, y'all. Uh, uh, and, y'all, you know, we start pursuing the kingdom of God, and uh, can I summarize something that was all in my heart in the last week? And I really probably reiterated, should have reiterated, beginning of the service and at the end of the service, when I started making these huge mass statements about, about the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God, my heart, was... There were three things that that was to reveal. One... Just the awesomeness of God. I'm talking about what kind of authority, power, ruler over the universe. I mean, just that He could dictate. Where He could, where he, if He wanted to, He could dictate how we were going to have to do it. But this God creates us with this, and then allows us, loves us so much to choose. Freedom. Freedom. Y'all, let me tell you something. Go to the Middle East and go to Muslim countries and go where people do not have the freedom to believe. There, you know what is not present in that place a lot within the circumstance of the government is a heart of love and value. Let me tell you something. Where it, There is no freedom. No freedom to love. Choose to believe. You will believe. That's it. You will believe. That is the Antichrist. The third thing is that God was wanting to impart last week is that for us to know He is a safe place. Y'all, this world is crazy and crazy things are happening in it. And for for Christians to come along and make statements like, well, well, like for Jim. Well, well, it's God's will, Jim. And when Jim wakes up in the morning, and and notice how he's holding his shirt right there. I know why he's holding his shirt right there. Because if his shirt touches his stomach, it hurts. He wakes up in pain. But you know, one of the things I know that Jim, what Jim knows in his heart that keeps him close to the Lord, he knows God is not the taker. God is the giver of life. And so Jim believes and stands in that place of believing that knows that his God is a good God. That God's will is to heal, set free, but He's got a He's a good God. And so in this last week was the heart to know that God is that safe place. He is, y'all, when it says He is a good God, you know what it means? He's what? He's good. He is good. And He promises us He will you know, I don't think God caused this, but I, I believe this with all my heart that God will cause all things to work together. If it if Jim ain't healed in this age, I guarantee you this, like I said to y'all last week, God will declare over Jim. You know, faithful. There, there's other people in this church. Uh, Beth and Jeff with Maya. Y'all seen Jeff carry Maya around? Oh, there, there they are. They're here. You watched. I tell you what, you know, You know, you say, God, you pray, heal, heal, heal. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I don't understand. But I see the love of a dad carrying Maya. I hear the love of God being expressed. I hear God bless, bless. God's, you know, Maya's got a. you be around Maya, you can feel the spirit of God coming off of her. Just like you can Matthew. God don't cause all things, but he promises he will cause what? All things to work for good. I just believe like over Beth, I could see, I could hear when I was talking to them a couple of weeks ago at, at Mitch and Leah's house, I could hear God's just declarations over in heaven. Blessed, blessed woman, blessed of God, blessed of God. So, anyway, I, there's much in that. Did I hear something? To make it? Well, anyway, close shop. Well, it's just fun to just be able to hang out with y'all and just sort of. Go answer questions that are just crazy. I didn't think that we'd go here. So Love y'all. Can we pray?
5: We're also going to pray for Peyton. I well, don't see. I was hoping uh, Mr. Jerry would give us. Um, we're going to pray for Peyton. She has to go for a uh, little Peyton. Uh, if you didn't know, she was she was born with a clep, clep palate. Is that, what they, how's that how you say that? And uh, she goes back this week to find out if they have to actually do another surgery for that or not. So we're going to pray for her. Peyton, Peyton Hill. So let's just stand. And um, I'm just going to have some of the uh, prayer team can be up here. if That would be good. Um, I just encourage you this morning uh, as I pray, you know, there's going to be some men and women up here, you know, just after the service, as, after we close, if you just have, maybe you have some more questions. Maybe there's a question that's been burning your heart that you just need some prayer for. Um, maybe you just need, maybe there's a place where you're like, man, I, I need just to walk with the Lord, and I need somebody just to lead me in that, And or maybe I just need some agreement in some areas. We're just going to agree for that. We're going to agree for Jared and, and uh, Lee and for Peyton, so Lord, we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you that, God, once again, we thank you for the sweet presence, God. Uh, just your goodness, God, that will continue just to lead us to places that, God, uh, just to to you, to your glory, to your goodness, God. So Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that, or this afternoon. We thank you for just the way that, um, even just orchestrating a time just to get together as family. Uh, that's what we're about, Lord. It's a heart to create into the the family of of God, just the family of the king, sons and daughters, God, right here in this place. And Lord, we just want to pray that everyone in here, (laughs) I want to pray that God, number one, that they would know that they're loved this morning. They would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love them, that you have a heart for them. And that you want just so much, uh, the, the greatness of God is in them and on them, and that you put their names in the Lamb's Book of Life for a reason, because you want to have relationship with them. And Lord, I just pray today, if anybody needs to make that solid and sure, God, that they would just come and grab someone and say, I need to make that solid and sure that I receive him as Lord and, and Savior. But Lord, if, if there's just others that just need to, the, the encouragement I just pray in Jesus' name that they would come. And, Father, we just want to lift up, as we're closing, just Peyton, this morning, guys, just thank you that, Lord, even just being there when she was originally having that surgery, Lord, uh, many years ago, feels like a lot. But, guys, just know that uh, you're wanting to just come and, and just bring uh, resurrection life in that. And, Lord, we just pray for that, that whatever they're testing her for, uh, that she would not need surgery. And, when, Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name you just... Everything would be closed up well and just be uh, supernaturally, God, just uh, made well. God, we just thank you for her. We thank you for the kingdom of God in her. There she is. Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name that your your kingdom, the kingdom of God, would be present over her as they do those tests. And, and as those test results come back, we just pray for the 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 testimony of the Lord. So, Lord, we thank you for her. We thank you for the kingdom of God in her. We thank you for for Peyton, and we just bless her, and we just ask in Jesus' name that your kingdom be over, the Hill family, uh, the, this week. And so, Lord, we love you, we thank you, we bless you, just pray, thank you for the sunshine that, uh, Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that you would just um, just carry us throughout this week, God, with your goodness, with your greatness, in Jesus' name, amen. amen? Amen. Well, come get prayer if you need it, Just these guys are here, if you have something to agree with, we want you to come. This morning. All right. Otherwise, have an awesome, blessed, incredible week.